You're listening to The Omni Show. Get to know the people and stories behind the Omni Group's award-winning productivity apps for Mac and iOS. Music. I'm your host, Brent Simmons. In the studio with me today is Rose Orchard. Rose does the Automators podcast with David Sparks. She's also written a book with Ryan Dotson called Build Your OmniFocus Workflow. Now, Rose doesn't work for Omni, but she is a good friend and she's visiting. Say hello, Rose. Hello, Rose. So thank you so very much for visiting. Uh, What brings you to town? Uh, Well, there's a conference this weekend called PodCon. Hmm. And I thought, hey, it's in Seattle. If I go to Seattle, then I can visit the Omni Group and I can go to PodCon and see some very nice people. So I'm here. Wow. Wow, that's great. So uh, you do the automators with David Sparks. Are you on... Do you have another regular podcast or just the one Not so Not right far? now. I um, have some in planning, but they're not oh, quite okay. there yet. We're still right. figuring out like names and oh, okay. really schedules and stuff like that. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. That's cool. Doing podcasts is fun. Oh, definitely. Yeah, but, it's one of my favorite things. Uh, this is the first time you've done a podcast not over Skype or something like that? Yeah. So David and I usually use Skype or FaceTime audio if Skype is not playing ball to record automators because David's in California and I live in Vienna. Mm. So actually being in the same place would require a lot of flying and right. that would be a rather larger time commitment than sure. either Every of us have. two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And scheduling must be kind of a challenge. When, when do you normally record? Uh, we usually record after I finish work on Thursdays. So that's early in the morning, Thursdays, California or Seattle time because you mm. guys are on the same time zone. And that works quite well. Thankfully, because David works for himself, he has a very flexible schedule. So we uh, just, yeah. yeah, throw something in our shared calendar. And if it doesn't work, then the other person moves it or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And David seems to be on a dozen podcasts now too. Well, or he has three two, regular three, podcasts. Three, three. Yeah. Mac power users. Um, focused and focused, automators. Right. Yes. Yeah. Focused is what free agents is now because it right. transformed yeah, into a that. butterfly as one might say. <laughs> I love that. The, the podcast world is, podcasts have been around a while, but it just keeps getting so good. I, yeah. I love what's out there right now. And I just have no time for everything. No, that's There's the problem, so many, right? Yeah. So many things. One of my personal favorites is... Um, Gene McDonald's and James Dempsey's. Oh, the Weekly Review. Yeah. yeah, I was just a guest on that a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite podcasts as well, yeah. just because they're so relaxed and honest about everything. Yeah, absolutely. Fun. And the theme song is oh, catchy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, James wrote that himself, so. Naturally, yeah. <laughs> so tell us about your book. Your book is called Build Your OmniFocus Workflow. And I thought of you as a very, very busy person, and then one day you said, hey, I've written a book. I'm like, <laughs> how did that also managed to fit in your schedule. I don't, I don't know. Well, there are a few things that I could sacrifice. So I mm-hmm. picked sleep because I wasn't going to sacrifice chocolate. That's, that just no, wasn't going to happen. That would, would have been dangerous. Immoral uh, even. Yeah, exactly. Basically, I half jokingly floated the idea in uh, one of the OmniFocus Slack channels, actually, that mm. I was thinking of writing a book. And Ryan said, oh, that's really interesting. Like, I'd love to do something like that. And so okay. I just messaged him and said, well, do you want to do it together? And he said, yes, which is amazing. So thank you to you guys for introducing us because otherwise I would have never met Ryan. Hmm. But essentially, because he's in Japan, so I'd wake up and I would see that he'd made a bunch of changes in Dropbox to our Scrivener file. And it would be like, okay, now I have to do something. Mm. I can't just let him do all of the work. And so I was kind of competing with him, not 
directly because in the sure. end we both won with right. a book. But yeah, it was one of these things. It's like, okay, I'll just find like 10 minutes and do this little section and then come back to it later. Mm. Oh, that's great. So you had a geographically enforced kind of back and forth. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which worked really nicely because like he would like go to bed and then I'd get home from work and it'd be like, great. So he's asleep. I can get on and make a bunch of changes and mm-hmm. hope that he doesn't want to kill me when he wakes up, which is good because <laughs> I'm not dead. So he didn't actually kill me. And he was in charge of all the formatting and everything, which is good because I have no idea. Like, how, uh, like yeah. I know what looks pretty, mm-hmm. but the changes to make to make something look pretty are kind of just beyond me. Like, I can make some tweaks here and there and go like, oh, I really like this, not so much this, to, like, guide a designer, mm-hmm. but I am not a designer. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm much in, in that same boat. Same with audio editing. I've never done it, but Mark is, of course, our intrepid producer, is a whiz at audio editing. Anyone can make me sound good. It's Mark. Um, where was I? The book. So you wrote a book. Yeah. How's it doing? Is it doing well? It's been ex- much more popular than either Ryan or I anticipated, which is a great That's great. Thing. Yeah. We kept seeing like people saying like, oh, like I, I kind of wish OmniFocus was more like things because things is very opinionated. And we were like, well, OmniFocus is better than things. We think that because we mm-hmm. use it. And I'm sure you guys think that because you produce it. Sure. Maybe people just need like a book to tell them what to do, like things tells you what to do. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. And apparently people really like it because we've had great feedback. Loads of people are very much appreciative of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy references in there. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, which always goes down well. If you're winning the internet, it's either Cat Pictures <laughs> or Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy if references. If you can combine the two, that's oh, yeah. probably got something. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it was... Great fun to write, which, of course, is all that counts, really. Mm-hmm. I'm old enough to have read Hitchhiker's Guide when it first came out. I must have been 11 or 12 years old. And my mom, who was a computer programmer, said, son, you have to read this. And <gasps> I read it. And it was one of the best yeah. probably two days of my life reading that book when it yeah. was brand new for the first time. Yeah, I probably read it for the first time around that age as well. I have my parents' copies, which they originally took to Yugoslavia on holiday with them. Yugoslavia doesn't exist anymore. Right. Uh, but they used it to swap mosquitoes while they were there. <laughs> <laughs> so I was reading, reading this book like covered in dead mosquitoes. But it was a very good book despite the mosquitoes. That sounds like the beginning of something that could have been in Hitchhiker's Guide. Exactly. A trip to Yugoslavian mosquitoes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It really could have been. <laughs> very Douglas Adams. So the book's doing well. That, that's really super good news. Yeah. So tell me more about that. What kind of workflows are do you talk about in the book? Uh, well, what, could, what could people learn? Well, we based the whole book on how we use OmniFocus because okay. it's all very well writing about, you know, like one could go to the supermarket and possibly buy a pair. But neither of us are like that. And we never eat pears. Well, no, we do. We do go to the supermarket and occasionally buy pears, though I hear fruit is expensive in Japan. So maybe not so much a ride. But, you know, we we wanted to write about things that we actually do to make OmniFocus work for us Mm -hmm. because that's a real example. And we find, or we were thinking that real examples would be the best for people rather than just theory. Here's the actual thing. So every section basically is like a theory and then like one of us or maybe both of us have a little personal aside underneath that show exactly how we implement this thing. Mm-hmm. So for example, waiting tags. Like we have a little thing where Ryan says like he doesn't actually have his waiting tag as an on holds tag because mm-hmm. he has so few waiting tasks that they would disappear and oh, right. then he would miss them. Whereas I have two different kinds of waiting tags um, mm-hmm. and both of mine are on hold. So, um, but we, you know, we managed to give real examples based on what we actually do, which I think is more helpful for people than purely, hmm, you could possibly do this if you think about it like that. Right. And then at the end, we go deep and break down our whole workflows. 
So aside from writing a book, doing podcasts, what else do you do that requires so much OmniFocus management? You're a, uh, a student and you have a job. Yeah, uh, I'm studying for my master's degree, okay. uh, which is online. So I have to completely manage myself because I never mm. see anybody else. And I have a full-time job as a programmer. And I'm in charge of our ticket system oh, okay. at work. So, And I have to roll it out to different teams at work and set up demo systems for them. And I wrote some software that accompanies it, which is actually a piece of middleware. It sits between another piece of software and our ticket system and oh. allows people to augment the data from our software or a service architecture management tool, <laughs> which is basically like here are the list of services that we offer people. Mm -hmm. And it takes that data, does some little massaging to format it correctly, lets people add information, then feeds it into our ticket system. So I have to manage all of that. And wow. without OmniFocus, I would have no clue what I was doing, I'm sure. <laughs> Are you writing in uh, JavaScript, uh, Ruby? Uh, I write in PHP. PHP, uh, a newer so, version, hopefully. Uh, yes, yeah. I write it for PHP 7.1 primarily, okay. but everything I write, I try to be PHP 7.2 compatible mm -hmm. as well. My IDE is set to scream at me if I write something that's PHP 5 star, which is good because when I first started working there, well, the first piece of software that I wrote for the university I work for, I wrote for, I think, PHP 7. And then we tried to put it on the server, and I found out the server, because our old ticket system was on it, was running PHP. I want to say 5.4, mm. which for the listeners not familiar with PHP, this version has not been supported for a very long time. <laughs> like, it, it basically is dead. Right. So it's kind of like, I don't know, Mac OS X Tiger or something in right. age terms. So uh, I had to downgrade everything, but uh, I wrote it in a way that I can just sort of flip it around when we migrated it to a different server, which thankfully happened recently. Okay. Enterprise software. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. an interesting world. It uh, is, but it's great fun. And I'm very fortunate to have a team who's very supportive and flexible about things. And if I say, I can't do that, then they don't go, are you really sure? They're, they go, okay, so you've tried that and it doesn't work. What else can we do? Mm -hmm. so that's always nice. Yeah, that's cool. What are you studying in Grad school. What's your degree? Going my to degree is a master's of computing with a focus on software engineering. Okay. So my next two modules are funnily called software engineering. Mm -hmm. And then the next was software engineering too. Okay. <laughs> so, I like that. That seems like a logical sequence. It, it does seem like a logical sequence. And I have to decide whether I'm doing like my big master's dissertation or if I'm doing a half master's dissertation and one extra module. Okay. So, yeah. Do you have specific plans for after you graduate? Like, you want to work on this kind of thing or that kind of thing? No, essentially I'm doing it because my bachelor's degree was in foreign languages. Oh. And while there is a link between foreign languages and programming, sure. it's both ways to talk to people or things in a way that they understand, it's technically not the same thing at all. Right. And I thought that it would be good to get some educational experience in the area that I've just kind of fallen into working in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm doing my master's degree to satisfy curiosity as much as anything else. Oh, that's awesome. So you used to be a teacher yes, at some point. What yeah. Did you teach uh, foreign languages? Yeah, I taught English as a foreign language. And oh, cool. I worked for this really cool company where I would go to a different school every single week. Mm -hmm. And so I was literally all over the world. I've taught in Japan, Turkey, Germany, Austria, Italy, Slovenia, and Poland. Wow. Among other countries. And the UK. I a summer school. So OmniFocus was extremely helpful then because uh -huh. I would have one project per course that I was teaching mm, and okay. it would have everything in it. <laughs> you're, you're very well traveled. That's awesome though. Yeah, I've yeah. been very fortunate with yeah. that. Do you, do you know Laura Savino? No, I'm afraid oh, okay. not. She did that kind of thing in, I think, South Korea. Ooh, yeah, nice. I was there for a while. 
And I think, did Joshua do that, Mark? Do you remember? Because he lived in Japan. Did he teach English as a second language? I'm not sure either. I know Ryan teaches English as a foreign language in Japan. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool thing to do. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting how it's become a, a business skill. Right? It is. You yeah. Know, you just kind of need to know English. To, yeah, you do. Yeah. Well, there's more people in China learning English than there are native English speakers in the world. So uh, That's an amazing thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's wow. also kind of terrifying how important this language is. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Nice thing about languages is they don't crash, mm. or they don't crash quickly anyway. No, but they do have compiler errors. Yes. So you can true. say something and can't get out something <laughs> that means something totally different to what you uh-huh. expected, especially false friends are one of my favorite language oh, yeah, things right. just because yeah. you'll say something and it sounds exactly like what you wanted to say because that, that word is the same in English. Right, but it's no. not the same. Yeah. <laughs> it means something different. Faux amis. Yes. I learned a little French. <laughs> The problem with languages is that they don't have compiler errors, right? You can make those mistakes oh, yeah, and there's can. no... And then there's, there's no way to call it back. Yeah, right. Unless and, you're and typing you on a computer. And you won't even necessarily know. Well, until mistake. other people start sniggering at you. Well, or yeah, they get this very confused way. look on their face where they're yeah. just... What did, did, did you Do, mean what you just said? <laughs> it could go very badly. Oh, yes. No, I had a friend who once accidentally told her host family in France that she was pregnant instead of that she was full. <laughs> Very close. I think it's just one. Uh, uh, um, Anciant or something? No, uh, I think instead of saying je suis plein, she she says je suis en plein. Ah, Which is like a casual way of saying that. Mm, uh, I I may have got that wrong. I haven't spoke French since I worked for Disney, which Mm. is quite a long time ago. So, (laughs) Did you work for Disney in France? Yeah, I worked for Disneyland Paris and Disney Cruise Lines. Oh, okay. Yeah, a former Disney person. (laughs) Ah, okay. Friend of the mouse. Yes, a good friend of the mouse. Working for Disney was fun as well. And because it was short-term contracts, it was always a case of like, okay, so when am I going there? Where am I going? Calendar Mm. and planning tools are definitely required for that. (laughs) Do you remember how you um, ran across OmniFocus in the first place? Uh, Merlin Mann, I'm 43 folders. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, I read Getting Things Done or listened to the audiobook to be precise. And Mm. I was looking and everybody was like, yeah, the best task management tool is OmniFocus. And I was like, well, I don't have a Mac. So that's kind of out of the question. And I don't think iOS existed at that time. Or if it did, it was just the very first iPhone. So Apple hadn't allowed companies oh, sure, to yeah. make apps yet. Yeah. And so I was really tempted by it. And I tried everything else because I didn't have a Mac. And then I ended up getting a Mac. And then very shortly afterwards, bought OmniFocus. And I've lived happily ever after ever since. <laughs> Starting with uh, the very first uh, OmniFocus one? I uh, no, assume, I or? started with OmniFocus 2, actually. Okay. But it was, I think, pretty early days for OmniFocus 2. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. I think I got OmniFocus Pro version definitely just as you guys switched from having two separate iOS apps, one for iPad and iPhone, to Universal. Mm. Like I bought it like on the day that you said that it was going Universal. Oh, okay. Because it was like, okay, well, now I can actually save a little bit of money. That's nice. Thank you, Omni. And then I kind of fell down the Omni rabbit hole with Omni Outliner and OmniPlan and Mm. OmniGraffle ending up in my dock. Do you use OmniPlan much? Uh, When I need it. So I... Just finished a part of my master's degree in project management. Okay. And so for all of the examples there where we needed like to create project management diagrams and check whether or not resources were being used correctly, I used OmniPlan because mm. it's the best on Mac. And uh, my university offered me Microsoft Visio for free. <laughs> it's like, hmm, I could use Windows. Like I have a Windows machine primarily mm. for gaming. Uh, it's like I could install Visio on there or I could just 
Yeah, Omniplan. Omniplan. So I went yeah. with Omniplan. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do an episode coming up soon, recording in a few weeks with Greg Titus and Ken and Ainsley. And we're going to do the whole story of Omniplan. Oh, nice. Which I've only heard bits of, but I think it started with Greg thinking, hey, you know, I could do this. And like spending a night or a weekend, like, <laughs> here's an app. Oh, yeah, that seems good. Let's do that. I'm sure it's more complicated than that. I'm sure it is more complicated than that. It can be an extremely complicated application. Sure. But But it's it's genesis was just, yeah. Yeah, Well, I mean, everything starts as an idea, right? True. But as always, implementation, execution are the keys to success. That's right. Yeah, Omniplan's an interesting one, though, because it's less likely to be something that, that, you know, a very large general interest audience would use. Whereas OmniFocus, literally everyone on the planet could use it, right? Well, not they yet, have, but we're working on it. Yeah. Assuming at the moment they have a Mac or iOS device, or sure. shortly, one of those two and the web. Because mm-hmm. you're going to need, what, either OmniFocus 3 for iOS or for Mac to be able to use OmniFocus for the web to get the database set up and right, organized. Yeah. yeah. But no, I've been using OmniFocus for web too, because at work I have a, a lot of virtual machines that I have to log into. Okay. And instead of flipping back to my Mac every time, it's easier to just open a browser and put it on one side of my screen with OmniFocus in it. And uh, it's been working extremely well, I have to say. I'm oh, very impressed good. with everything the team's been doing. I remember the first time I saw an internal build, and I'm like, this looks exactly like OmniFocus for Mac. And it does. Even it the looks, inspector, I mean, yeah. everything. I'm like, like, There are some wow. little things where I think, oh, that's iOS. But mm-hmm. mostly it's just like, whoa, this is Mac yeah. in a web browser. Yeah. What did you guys do? And then I heard the episode where you said, it's running on Macs. Yeah, I was like, right. oh, well, that makes sense then. <laughs> <laughs> Might it be released by the time people hear this? I don't know. Might not be. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I know it's coming actually, soon. Yeah, I know. They're in a meeting right now. They might be talking about the release date. Maybe. Me. I know that people out in the world tend to think, you know, we, that software companies set hard dates and always hit them. Oh. And that's just not how, no. how it always goes. No. Yeah. Like you'll find something. And like if that something is big enough, you have to say, like, okay, well, we're yeah, not making right. our previously planned release date because that something is too big. And it's going to have too much of a negative effect on people. Right. Or maybe just something gets held up somewhere. Like app review occasionally takes forever mm-hmm. for whatever oh, reason. Yeah, for whenever sure. you plan something and there's just one like tiny little thing that you need to change and you send it through app review thinking, yep, it'll be fine. Like it was just a typo somewhere. And mm. app review is like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Software company is a lot more like, I don't know, a ship or something where you have to make constant course corrections. Yeah. You know, you don't just go. We're going from here to there and just straight line yeah. and arrive. No, we're going from here to there, possibly via A through Z. Yeah, right. With all the letters repeated at least twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever shiny things pop up on the way, like maybe dolphins, maybe mermaids. So what's got you excited about automating stuff? That seems really hot right now. People are into automation. Yeah, well, I mean, David Sparks and I planned on tomatoes before WWDC this year. Mm -hmm. We announced it after WWDC. We'd actually even recorded an episode before WWDC, which we Mm. then scrapped and re-recorded. Well, so it was our first episode and we were like, we can do better. So we did. I just like the idea of we have this powerful technology. I mean, look at the iPhone. The iPhone is more powerful than my parents' first computer. More powerful than most people's first computers nowadays. Maybe not like four-year-olds with iPads. That's an exception. Why aren't we making the most of this to do stuff for us? Mm. Like, Why would you sit there and type out the same email 10 or 15 times when you can use something else to generate that, fill in the names, fill in the dates, and just send it off automatically for you? 
And a lot of people don't realize that automation is really easy. And that's why I love it, because I can make one tiny little thing in shortcuts that, for example, create a task in OmniFocus with a bunch of nested tasks underneath Mm -hmm. it, so an action group. And I can do that, and it's really easy. But to do that maybe directly in OmniFocus can be a little bit fiddly, depending on, you know, the device and how you're thinking about it when you set it up and things like that. Whereas doing something like that, for me, it's like five minutes of work, but then I can use it every single day. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I like doing. I like being, it's kind of like giving people presents and seeing the look on their face when they see Mm -hmm. it works. Yeah. So you're giving them the the present of time, right? If you can automate something. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And sometimes maybe you won't save a huge amount of time with automation. Like Mm. there's two kinds of automation, essentially. The ones that save you time and the ones that are more efficient or accurate. Right. So I think Dr. Drang, it was, posted something on his blog a while ago about how he wrote a keyboard maestro macro to do something for him. And he said it actually takes longer when he runs a keyboard maestro macro than it does if he does it in person. But because it's a 20-step process, Mm. it's going to be the same every time. It's going to be 100% accurate. If you're a human, you're going to miss step 18 Mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe step one and something's going to go wrong somewhere. So that's the other side of automation if you need Uh, something to be accurate. And that's what I like. And that's what I'm really excited about with Omni Automation as well, which is hopefully coming this year. That would be nice. Um, I guess our our roadmap is usually published around the end of January, and which might be something about that in there. Yeah, I mean, it was in last year's roadmap. So hopefully it's just been delayed because, as you said, Mm -hmm. software creation is not a straight line. You can have all these wonderful plans and then something derails them. So uh, Omni Automation didn't make it last year to OmniFocus, but it is already an Omni Outliner and Omni Graffle, right? Yeah, Yeah. and I I think it's going to be a a big deal. Oh, it is, definitely. For Focus, it just makes so much sense. Um, Well, it does for Outliner and Graffle, but... Yeah, I think OmniFocus are where people are really going to be willing to take the time to sit down and learn Mm -hmm. it, though, because the problem with AppleScript is it's just on the Mac, and the problem with Shortcuts is it's just on iOS. And you have the same thing with Automator and Siri and things right. like that. And if you give them the one automation that they can use everywhere, that's where it gets to be really fun because it doesn't matter. And maybe someday we'll even see it on OmniFocus for the web, mm. which, you know, I'm just... JavaScript in a browser? That's weird. Yeah, I'm just throwing the developers into like a even... hot pool of oil there. <laughs> totally <Sorry. are. laughs> I'm going to warn them not to listen to this episode. <laughs> but no, like, you know, maybe one day if OmniFocus for the web makes it that far, it would even sure, yeah. show up there. Which would be amazing. That mm. Even if it's just iOS and macOS, for most people, that's going to be more than enough. Yeah, I think is, so too. Yeah, I'm super excited for oh, yeah. whenever that comes. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the beta test. So. Have you followed some of the work that uh, Sal's done? On, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've met Sal actually last year for oh, WWDC. Good. And he yeah. was like, I've been having fun with working with those Omni Group guys. And I was like, I know. Because <laughs> I've been playing with it. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Especially the stuff in OmniGraffle. That's where I got started learning Omni Automation. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love Sal's work. He's fantastic. Well, I mean, 20 years at Apple, he did such great work there. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, Uh, we were very lucky. Maybe that could be a future episode. You interviewing Sal about the Omni Automation stuff. uh, Next time he comes up, actually. Yeah, Yeah, I'd definitely like to do that. He's been up a few times, but it's been a while, I think, so. The buzz around automation reminds me of the mid-90s because in the Mac world, you know, AppleScript and Frontier and a few other things, automation was a really big deal for a while. And it was great because it did so much for desktop publishing, but then an awful lot for the early days of web publishing too. Mm-hmm. Uh, people realized, hey, I don't have to write all this HTML by hand. I can, you know, yeah. script it and create websites. Blogs came to be, yeah. you know, partly that way. And so, so much came out of that world. I'm really 
excited and interesting to see, you know, how that plays out in the iOS world these days. Yeah. And I'm very much hoping some of this is going to make it back to the Mac because nowadays, mm. like if you look at what shortcuts can do versus what Automator can do, shortcuts is a lot more powerful. Mm. And so I'm really hoping that the shortcuts team at some point grows to be the size where they can also take over Automator and expand Automator so it can do all oh, the stuff shortcuts great. can do. Mm-hmm. And just like developers can make direct action blocks for Automator, it'd be great if they can do that for shortcuts as well. Oh, so yeah. Because at the moment, of course, it's purely donated things. So a lot of people are hacking stuff together with a clipboard, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's a hack if it involves a clipboard, right? right? Sure. Well, I still think of URL schemes as a hack, too. Oh, yeah, they I are, mean, but they're um, a fun hack. Yeah, so. uh, a hack that actually works, oh, which yeah, is the thing. Oh, yeah, they work so. really well. Yeah. And you guys use URL schemes correctly with the three slashes at the start. So. Yeah, I don't know why that is, but we do it. I can explain it at some point to okay. me. Essentially, I, I don't remember it now and I'm going to get it wrong, but essentially the standard says that if it's doing an action, it should be three slashes or something. Okay. I'm sure Ken will be able to provide the link for the show notes for right. the people who are sure. very interested. So do you think you'll end up revising your book when Omni Automation for OmniFocus Oh yeah, we, we plan ships? to update the book. It's an OmniFocus 3 book. So as long as OmniFocus mm-hmm. 3 is around, like we're going to be updating it to cover new features and things like that. So... We've already got an OmniFocus for the web section in there because both Ryan and I were on the beta Mm -hmm. and we knew that it was coming soon. Yeah. So we just put that little section in there to tease the people that weren't quite on the beta yet (laughs) and uh, also just so that we wouldn't have to update it quite as quickly. Mm -hmm. We're going to be updating it to cover Omni Automation and all those fun features that you're planning on adding. Many fun things. Collaboration is a thing people have asked. Oh, yeah. We're looking forward to testing that one. Yeah. And I'm going to be testing that with David Sparks too for Automators. Oh, great. Yeah. So what do you think about the... This is a really a businessy question. You might not even have an opinion, but about the subscription pricing for OmniFocus for the web. So we have it's optional. Yeah. If you've already bought Mac or iOS, it's I think four ninety nine a month. And yeah. if you want to subscribe to everything, I think it's nine ninety nine a month. Yes. Yeah. From memory, you're yeah got the right numbers. Sounds about right. Anyway, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I think it's great because as you said, it's optional. So if mm-hmm. people don't need the web version, they can still buy iOS versions, Mac versions up front, which right. is great. And if they only need iOS and the web then they can just get buy the iOS app and get the web version separately. Yeah. I think what is really great is it's going to let people do a longer trial because two weeks oh, right, is yeah. a great free trial period. But mm-hmm. for some people, they'll install it, they'll start a trial and they'll forget about it. And right. then two weeks comes and goes and they've forgotten. But being able to sign up for a month for $9.99 and get everything to try it out, mm-hmm. I think that's where you know a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, you know what, I'm just going to try it for a month. Right. And if they tack that onto the two weeks they've got, then they've got a six-week trial for $10, mm-hmm. which is really generous and nice. And I think it'll really let people try it in every situation. Some people may say, actually, I don't need the web version. Go back and buy iOS and Mac versions. But, sure. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter, does it, providing they get OmniFocus. Mm-hmm. And I mean, especially for businesses, I can see it being a great use case because they can just be like, okay, we're just getting OmniFocus for everybody for a year. Right. And yeah. we're going to review it at the end of the year and see if we're happy with it. I'm guessing you're looking at doing business pricing with that as yeah, well. Yeah, we've so. started well, we started working on business pricing, yeah. site licenses and it's so on. And, a little bit yeah. more complicated than yeah. just single right. person licensing, so, of yeah. course. And I'm guessing if people are looking to talk to people about that, it's sales at omnigroup.com. Sales at omnigroup. Thank you. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where I think a lot of people are going to go. I, I'm sure most users will probably just buy the apps up front and mm. buy a web separately if they need it, um, which is a great deal as well. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's a, a good thing. And the pricing, like for, some people say OmniFocus is too expensive. 
So for those people, like the subscription pricing is probably going to make them raise eyebrows as well. Sure. But, but there are people who can afford whatever, five or ten a month. Yeah, exactly. At least for some months who can't, don't, can't necessarily yeah. get it all up. Yeah, exactly. And personally, I am of the opinion that if you're trusting something to manage your life, you should be willing to pay for it. Well, sure. yeah. <laughs> because it saves me so many times. You know, if I miss a deadline, then that would be much worse than There paying. are consequences. Yeah. Yeah. That's much worse than paying good money for an application. Right. It's good money, not bad money. Right, exactly. So do you have any pets at home? You gotta ask it about dogs and cats. I have a Nito Botvac D7, which is called Pirate Kitty. Okay. Because I live in a fourth floor apartment mm. with no garden, no balcony. Mm. And actually having a cat would unfortunately probably not be so nice for the cat. Uh, uh, it would definitely have to be an indoor cat that doesn't mind small spaces mm-hmm. and I don't want to subject cats to that. Yeah, that can be tough. Yeah, that yeah. would be unfair for the cat. Yeah. Probably unfair for me too because I'm not a fan of emptying litter boxes. Mm. Which, if it's an indoor cat, there's got to be a litter box. So yes, unfortunately, right. no, I have and a... And there's no uh, omni-empty litter box app that could No, no, unfortunately Even not. Even omni-automation will not... No, unfortunately not. Ah, shame. I'm, I'm sure one day I will get the omni house bot. <laughs> which will which will do all of this for me. Uh, uh, but in the meantime... Why are you revealing our next product? I, I, I didn't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just made something up. <laughs> At the moment, I have a, a robot vacuum, which is great. And it's a very good pet. And it cleans our floors exceptionally well. Mm. Um, and I'm very impressed with it. But no actual cats. Apart from the ones that I occasionally borrow from your blog. Because yeah. uh, there are very cute pictures very on there. Very cute cats, yeah. We're about to close. But uh, I saw a joke on Twitter that I have to share. Somebody posted something about... Oh no, my, I opened the door and my Roomba escaped and went outside. <laughs> I remember and, that. Yeah, and it's going around. What, what's going to happen? It has no known natural predators. And then somebody replied, Oh, don't worry. Something will kill it. Nature abhors a vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do remember seeing some, I think Love somebody that. linked me to the tweet about the Roomba yeah. escaping. <laughs> Which I was very amused by. Ours knows where the end of the apartment is. And mm, we, okay. we tried leaving the front door open at some point just as a test. And uh, it did not go into did that not room. Go. No, because uh, it was like, I don't know what this area is. Yeah. Like, I could go in a straight I can't line. clean out an entire planet. <laughs> yeah. It make me. It, it literally just went up to the doorframe. It was uh-huh. like, hmm, looked left, looked right, reversed, turned around. And <laughs> <laughs> nice. got back on with cleaning the apartment. Well, thank you, Rose. Thank you for having me, Brand. How can people find you on the web? I think the best place to look for me is rosemaryorchard.com. And I've got links there to everywhere else that I am, Mm -hmm. including the OmniFocus book, Automators. And I'll make sure all that's in the show notes as well. I'd also like to thank our intrepid producer, Mark Bosco. Say hello, Mark. Hello, Mark. And especially, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you. Muse. (laughs) 